Welcome to the Storyteller series, Author Interviews, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, Megs, and today I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Joshua Jones Laughlin. We gave Inside the Longhouse the Storyteller's full cast treatment in February 2022. Joshua Jones Laughlin's writing has appeared in The Best Microfictions 2020, The Best Small Fictions 2019, The Cincinnati Review, Craft, Paper Darts, Smoke Long Quarterly, Split Lip Magazine, and elsewhere. For more information on the Storyteller series, please visit nightshiftradio.com. This is Mike Wyant Jr., the editor for Nightshift Media Group's The Storyteller Series podcast. Book two of the Anesian Convergence, Fallen Hunter, is out today. Set 300 years after the events of Last Bid for a Dying Earth, humanity now spans the galaxy. But as FTL jumps increase in number, a new danger presents itself. Breaches that lead to a destroyed world filled with demons. In response, one secret order of hunters has come forward. Wielding eldritch forces, hunters seal these breaches and banish the demons back to hell. But now, a breach unlike any other is torn open, and with it comes the murderous hordes. Only the hunter, D, can stop them, but she'll lose everything in the process. To stay up to date with all Anesian Convergence news, subscribe to my little-used newsletter at MikeWyantJR.com. You can also find all info on new releases at MikeWyantJR.com slash AC-release. The Anesian Convergence awaits. Hi, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. So we will just jump straight into it. And uh, the question that I always start out with, just, you know, just to get the lay of the land is tell us a bit about yourself um, and your journey as an author. You know, what makes you tick? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Uh, you know, your your journey as a writer and how, how that's been. Sell yourself. Let's go. Give it. Give us the lowdown. <laughs> Well, I've been writing for uh, seriously for about five years. Uh, and by seriously, I mean actually writing with publishing as a goal and uh, submitting my work out there, getting the rejections, revising, sending it right back out, all that. I did study creative writing in college uh, many, many years ago, but uh, after you know, graduating, uh, I was so focused on getting a job, then having family, raising kids. The writing just kind of fell to the side, uh, but I always wanted to get back to it. And finally, I just kept having story ideas, you know, burbling up uh, through my head. I'd be laying in bed at night, just uh, having a story idea. It's like, I got to write that down. And finally, it's like, why am I procrastinating? Just do it. Get, uh, you know, put pen to paper or, or fingers to keyboard in my case. And uh, I did that. I joined some writing groups. And since then, I've been very fortunate to have a number of publications, um, uh, various awards. And I've just been uh, trying to grow and keep uh, writing and keep getting my work out there. Yeah, no, definitely. It's something that um, I feel that writing can be something that you can pick up at any point in life. You know, there's no like you have to start writing at this age or things won't happen. You can just pick it up and you can do it. And if you love doing it, that's what's important. So 
Um, obviously, we have just done a full uh, audio version of Inside the Long House, um, which I really loved. So we did like, we've got like a writer's, um, not a writer's, a reader's panel over at uh, Night Shift Radio. And we sat and we read through them. And when I read Inside the Long House, like it really stuck with me. It was one that I was like, we have to do this. Like we have to do this one. This is one that I really want to get done. Um, I just really enjoyed um, every aspect about it. And the, the, um, the, the, like the imagery of the mirrors is what stuck with me. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what this is, this is so, this is so uh, like, it, I don't know. It just really stuck with me and I really loved it. And like, as I was reading, I was like, okay, I need more. I need more. I mean, need more what's going on. Um, there's a, there's a really funny, like little joke. Well, just in general, um, where we're like those damn smoothies, the smoothies, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like with, with me and Mike and everybody and the, the Leah and stuff like that. We're like, oh, those smoothies. I've never hated a smoothie so much in my life. Um, but was there any inspiration behind Inside the Long House? And what was it or what made you think, I want to write this thing, this story about, I don't even know. I can't even begin to explain it. Mirrors, smoothies, weird goblin children. Like, <laughs> uh, So the inspiration for this is um, one where I was half awake and uh, just the line of... Uh, uh, Howie being an elf in the mirror uh, just mm -hmm. drifted into my subconscious. So that was the, the germ. Um, mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, I um, uh, introduced uh, Patrick and had so much fun writing his just clueless cheer cheerfulness, and, you know, always wanting to get on the smoothies. I, 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 just enjoyed playing with him as, as just this kind of bumbling uh, boyfriend. And uh, I went back and forth with Helen's character quite a bit. I resisted having her be a writer because I was like, oh, you know, the writer in the woods is kind of the, we've seen that before. But mm -hmm. in the end, I was like, you know what? Just embrace it. It's a traditional story. It's It's not necessarily paving brand new oh, uh, ground uh, in terms of the general setup, but it, it worked in my opinion because uh, it, it plays with some of those tropes and then, then uh, takes them in unexpected directions. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. It's, um, but like I said, it was one that when we read it, so obviously we were looking at whether we wanted to do a full cast version or make it a print edition. We were all like, no, this has to be full cast because there's just so much that you can do with it. There's so many different ways and directions that it can go. And I don't, I don't, don't know about you, but I am in love with how it came out. Like I love um, our narrator, uh, Harry. I think he did a really good job with the, like the evil kind of like British sort of vibe going on. And, and uh, I think Juniper did an amazing job, you know, and the, the she like, I just, I'm just so, yeah, I'm just so happy with it. And it's just, it's definitely a piece that kind of sticks with you, but not in like a, ooh, it was like, it's kind of just sticks with you. And you're like, I can't stop thinking about it. Cause I was reading it and I was reading it and I was like, yeah, this is really good. And then the more I sat on it, I was like, I just can't stop thinking about this piece of writing. <laughs> like it's just constantly in my head, which is something that I absolutely love about it. Um, 
but it's yeah it's it's such a, a wonderful piece and listeners if you were listening to uh the author interview right now and you haven't already listened to inside the longhouse the podcast audiobook version is available on all streaming platforms definitely give it a listen it's something that we are all here at night shift radio really proud of how it came out and like i think everything was just so perfect about it um was there a moment when writing inside the longhouse so you say that it's a uh you know you were half uh, half awake half asleep thinking of this you know goblin howie in the mirror and things like that um was there a moment that you sat and you thought hey this is this is turning out to be something that i'm really loving you know a moment that you really enjoyed writing or you know whether you were rereading it or something like that and you were editing or anything like that was there a moment that you particularly loved i i definitely enjoyed uh introducing the the side characters because they yep. add a texture to it uh, that mm-hmm. um uh took it in, in unexpected directions for me uh and i enjoyed playing with the setting and um uh and when it occurred to me that insects in audio and sound would would play a large role in in, in this um, uh, Helen's uh, perception of, of of the house and the mirrors, uh, you know, and how oh, there's no there's no bird song around, and, you know, so things like that started to click, and it's like, mm-hmm. and and uh, the light bulb starts going off, and those are the exciting moments when you like. Of course, I I have to write about uh, uh, Howie eating the uh, the insects and Howie eating the birds and squirrels and and uh, and then uh, when the end finally s- sort of came to me, uh, I I felt hey this is this is the the right the right move. Uh, it turned out way longer than I expected. Um, at first, I thought I was writing a very short story. Uh, I write a lot of flash <laughs> fiction, which is you know fiction mm-hmm. under a thousand words. And so, w- when it started getting to two thousand, three thousand, four thousand words, and I was still enjoying, it, I was like, okay, I-, I know I'm onto something here. Unfortunately, that makes them sometimes hard to hard to publish because uh, a lot of print journals uh, have space limitations. And then when I saw that there was a call for a submission call for. Um, Night Shift Radio, looking specifically for longer pieces, I was like, I've never even considered having my my work read uh, as part of a podcast, and that was such an exciting experience for me to to enter the audio format, um, and uh, I just thrilled that uh, Night Shift gave it a, a place in the venue and and how much care everyone took, and, and so glad to hear that it really resonated with uh, all the all the readers uh, and and the actors. So, yeah, I think that when it comes to um, getting your work out there, having your work in an audio format, I guess, also opens up so many doors to reach so many other people. Um, I am somebody that I I love to listen to, to to work and things like that. I love to listen to audiobooks and people's people's work in that direction. So I think that it's yeah, it definitely opens up so many doors, so many avenues to reach a whole different audience. And I'm so glad that we were able to help you do that with with Inside the Longhouse because, like I said, I just think that it it was spot on. We, you know, when we did the call for narrators, we were like, okay, well, we don't know what what it could kind of go like. And then we heard Harry, and we were like, oh, oh, this is kind of this is kind of good. Like, 
um mike was describing it as like an evil tom hiddleston sort of vibe <laughs> and um oh, and love that and it, and it just it just like i said your writing just works so well it just works so well for the audio format and yeah it's uh yeah i think that going back to the question like the idea of like how we eating like all the birds and all the insects and things like that i think i think howie is just such an interesting little character that he i don't know i, I like i can't even begin to explain like definitely if people haven't listened already you really need to because this piece it just gets in your brain and you're just sat thinking and it's like the opening line is just really draws you in you know it really draws you in and you're like well what about the boyfriend do you know what I mean like where's this going and like yeah it's oh man I'm like absolutely singing your praises here because it was just so good it was so good thank Um, you so much yeah, so you say you write a lot of flash fiction. I do. Which is, you said, under under a thousand words. What kind of, are there any particular genres that you sort of sway towards writing, you know, or or is it like I, a mixture of everything? I, uh, yeah, I write a mix of speculative fiction. Some uh, has gone sort of in the, the traditional sort of uh, horror uh, uh, genre. Which surprised me because I never grew up watching much horror or, or reading much horror, but but I've been been uh, gravitating towards uh, writing that genre um, over the years. Some more uh, realist, uh, traditional literary uh, uh, fiction, uh, and some of it's just kind of in between, uh, you know, playing with fabulism and uh, and just taking things in weird. Uh, spots and and being a little bit experimental, so I I it's a form that that lends itself to experimentation and uh, you can do a lot with it in such a short space, um, and it's definitely for anyone who's interested in in, in writing. There's a you know very active flash fiction community uh, online, um, very supportive, and just really some brilliant writers out there to do, doing. All sorts of innovative writing, innovative storytelling techniques. Um, and what was it that like drew you? Was it the experimental side of things towards uh, what drew, what drew you towards flash fiction, or was it just how what came naturally to you was writing, you know, shorter pieces? Or it was a combination of what came naturally. I I took classes in college where the typical piece would be you know your your 10 to 12 15 page uh story because that's what you, we were seeing in, in various literary magazines and, and publications but i also had some professors who were very uh active in in writing flash fiction uh and were in some of the very earliest flash fiction anthologies uh, michael martone uh uh and was uh one of the pioneers in that in the 80s and 90s um, and I didn't really know it was a thing then. And then when I came back to, to writing, uh, years later, I started writing some, some of this very short work and, uh, it was a, a length that worked for me. For one thing, it's easier to finish something <laughs> when it's not that long. <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a, uh, and I wouldn't say instant gratification, but quicker gratification. You can, you can finish mm-hmm. a piece. Uh, much quicker and um, sort of see see the whole parts. I've tried writing longer work, 
much longer work. And it often sort of collapses under its own weight for me. I have a hard time uh, uh, taking anything uh, longer than a short story. All my efforts at novels have been uh, stalled because I, I get to a point where I, I uh, find myself blocked uh, by uh, either too, too many choices or, or I'm just not happy with it. I fall out of love with it. If I'm working on something short, I can I can keep the energy going. So someday yeah, I, I, can... will, I will do a novel, but it, <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> that's that's everything. Like I'll do it one day. It'll come one day, one day, one day. But no, I think that yeah, it definitely sounds like it's something that if you know, you're right, getting the, the quicker gratification. And I like, I can't even begin to imagine writing a novel because it's, there's just so much that you've got to think about going into it. Like, so I, when I was back in school, I wanted to do a lot of, I wanted to be a writer and stuff like that. And I've gone into a completely different job now, but, um, and I used to really enjoy doing the more short stories sort of thing. Um, because you're right, because you do, you get the, you know, it, it's, you can put a lot of meaning and weight behind words, but you're not like having to feel like you have to draw it out forever and ever and ever. You can still really get a really good story in such a short amount of words and things like that. Um, but it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting. I had never heard of the term flash fiction before until today. Um, and it just, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? And it's something that um, I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, looking into now because I love I love to read, but I when like I said when reading a novel, my brain I get the same kind of like exhaustion of like, oh oh god, this is so much going on. Um, and it's why, like I said, I enjoy I enjoy more audio format personally. Um, but yeah, going back to uh, you saying you had a lot of um, your your college professors and stuff were into flash fiction you know, going back to that kind of like setting, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in college. doesn't have to be later in life, whenever. Was there a piece of advice that has been given to you that you wished you had known sooner? So it would whether it's like a moment that someone, for example, said, oh, well, well you, we're not going to talk about writing here, but like, ah, if you tie your shoes this way, it's quicker. And you're like, oh my God, yeah, it is. Like, you know, that kind of, that kind of advice or even just anything that helps the process of you writing and you know coming to coming into yourself as a writer i have looked at a, a number of sort of writing advice writing rules you you see like uh i think leonard elmore saying never use suddenly in your manuscript or you know <laughs> you know that's sometimes they have very hard-lined uh prescriptive uh uh rules and um or St stephen king uh, railing against adverbs, I find those less helpful. Um, I'm more interested in the process, uh, mm -hmm. but even process at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, when a writer says do this or do, do that, they're really saying this works for me. And just understanding that, Hey, finding your own process, uh, is what matters. Uh, some people say you have to write Every day, uh, you know, thousand uh, words or ten pages or, or or whatever, you know, some sort of minimum. Uh, some people say that you have to uh, 
always finish what you're working on, which I never <laughs> adhere to. I often jump around between mm -hmm. uh, one work in progress to another work in progress. Uh, one piece of advice that did resonate to me was uh, be gentle with yourself and don't necessarily write every day, but check in with your work every day. Think mm -hmm. about your work every day. Uh, and that works for me. I do try to write or edit every day, but on those days that you don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. It's, uh, it's okay to take a break. And it's, uh, even when I'm not technically at keyboard, there's always something going on in, in, in the uh, subconscious, or, or maybe I'm, I'm thinking about the, these characters, uh, as I'm, uh, in the shower, because, you know, the greatest thoughts always come in the shower. They do. They're <laughs> always in the shower, aren't they? And it's always like that. It's like as an adult. Now I understand the the you know the like the little waterproof like pen and pencil thing that you can have in the shower. Now I understand it because they were always in the shower, always. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's like just good life advice as well in general. Don't beat yourself up. Be gentle to yourself because we live in we live in such a world now where it's. If you're not working, if you're not being productive, then you ain't doing nothing. But we, we, you know, definitely not beating yourself up, especially when in such a creative industry, it's really easy to get lost in your head. If you're not writing, then you're not progressing. Or you're not, if you're not being creative, you're not progressing. So I think that not being being kind to yourself is is amazing advice, and that completely resonates with me really well as well. It is, and you know. We, uh, and Americans particularly have a very puritanical relationship with with work, uh, and and wrap our identities uh, um, up with with what 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 have you done? How many hours you work? You know, there's a often a very sort of gung ho attitude uh, about uh, productivity, um, and it's easy to fall into that trap. But it's also important to recognize that you know the creative energy it needs to recharge uh and looking for ways to recharge that uh one other piece of advice um that uh, i've heard uh, in a variety of places uh, both from uh traditional uh, literary uh, writers uh who you might expect it from but also from genre writers um uh, so, uh, mm -hmm. like i was checking out a horror writing panel and, and they were saying read poetry uh, and that is something that oh, I wow. did, ne did not read a lot of um, when I was younger, but I've been enjoying reading uh, poetry a lot. Not all of it resonates with me, but even even the pieces that may not um, click, uh, just seeing the, the focus on language, the rhythm uh, of the lines, it, it does uh, influence um, your work as a writer, and, and th these are things you absorb. Uh, and one thing about flash fiction is it's often uh, can be uh, sort of conflated with prose poetry because there's there's an overlap between well, is this a poem or is this prose? Is it somewhere in between? Is it both? Uh, some of the uh, canonical pieces of, of flash fiction are also described as poems, depending on mm -hmm. on who's talking about them. So uh, Carolyn Forche has has a, a very well well-known and, and often taught piece called The Colonel. Um, I read it as a, a piece of flash fiction, but other people describe it as a, as a poem, and, and she describes herself as a poet. So, 
that's amazing that there's there is that crossover then between uh flash fiction and poetry and like i'd never thought about you know when it comes to even just in general writing looking at poetry because there's there is there's a lot of you've got to think about the rhythm you've got to think about you know the language you're right like the right place to put grammar or any anything like that you know and i think that that's really interesting um and it, like i said it's something that i'd never thought of and you, you're like opening my mind today to the ideas of flash fiction and poetry and things like that i studied some poetry when i was in high school we it was it was it was wartime poetry so but it was so but it was still poetry and it was still something that you know we enjoy like we look at we look at writers and you think about oh one of the first writers you think shakespeare do you know what i mean and he's very poetry there's the rhythms there's all that kind of thing and it's yeah no that's i think that's also great advice to put out there is like read poetry you know some of it look can be intimidating way. to uh it's uh, because some poetry is uh admittedly hard to understand because there are obscure allusions but some of it is very approachable and mm-hmm. i i think just just going into it with an open mind and saying you know if i if i don't really get it on the first read through that's okay there's mm-hmm. another poem. There's another poem that you will get, another poem that you will enjoy. Uh, so uh, just like there's <laughs> prose that I don't I don't get or, or I don't like, and that's okay because there's plenty mm-hmm. of writing I do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all about it's all about you as a person as well. It's not like just because someone else thinks this piece is amazing, you have to think it's amazing. Exactly. My dog's barking. He's having a wild time and he's having a party downstairs. Um, but... And, and I guess that's the same with all writing and all, all all creative, you know, pieces is that it's all about, you know, obviously you want it to resonate with as many people as possible. But if someone doesn't like it, that's not that's not a reflection on you. You know, that's a reflection on maybe that's just not their jam. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're not into that kind of thing. Maybe they're not into horror or they're not into romantic comedy pieces, you know, so yeah i do think i do i do think that's really interesting about poetry and like i said i'm gonna be going away now and i'm gonna be thinking a lot about it and i'm just gonna be like yeah i'm gonna be like going about my day being like oh flash fiction poetry this is amazing um i do think it's really interesting though that you lean towards um more horror and things like that even though you don't you know you aren't like a horror fan in terms of like you know there are these people that sit down and they're like i love horror movies I went to the cinema to see every single screen film and, you know, I can recite this back to front. Because um, I'm the same. I'm not a horror person, but my where I get my horror fix is through video games and I tend to play horror games. But put a horror book or a horror film in front of me, not about it. One thing that I, I was surprised about is that I actually like horror more than I realized. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was a realization when talking with some other horror writers that the horror genre is not just about scaring the pants off of you. It can also mm-hmm. be you – know, there's it's a spectrum of horror. You have yeah. uh, traditional ghost stories, which I loved growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, and But if you ask me if I liked horror, it's like, no. Because I, I, you know, you know, I was thinking horror was uh, the, the really – terrifying vampire movies or or, yes. or uh, slasher films or or the movies that just seem so cheesy uh, that, yep. uh, that I didn't really care for. And realizing that there's such a wide spectrum within the, the horror genre itself uh, it, it makes 
uh, makes me realize, no, I, I enjoy a lot of horror. It's just uh, not, not every uh, bit of horror that someone might like appeals to me, but a lot of it does. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, as I've, I've gotten never... older, I've, I've been re- reading and, and, and watching more of it and, and realizing that, oh, uh, the people are, are including uh, even movies like Parasite are describing oh, really? it as, yeah. a, as a horror movie. I was like, really? And, mm-hmm. and it, of course, it's a blend of genres. So, yeah. Yeah, I never, I never thought of it like that. I never thought of ghost stories. Like, I love a good, I love a good paranormal story. Like, you know what I mean? I love hearing people's paranormal experiences. And, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, when you get like chills when someone like, you know, does something or, or you get YouTube videos of people going to supposedly really haunted places. And even if nothing happens, I'm just like, whoa, this is yes. really cool. But put me, put me in front of a horror film where it's like slasher, where you've got like jump scares. Nah, I'm out. I do not want anything to do with that. But yeah, horror as a spectrum is really, yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much the same. Maybe I should be giving some horror films a, a, a go in my life. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so outside of being a writer, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What, you know, what are your pastimes? Where, where do you like to go places? Do you like to... You know, even if it is watching movies, you know. I am so looking forward to be able to go places again. Mm, uh, it's mm, been a mm-hmm. little bit of a damper the past few years. Um, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to being able to travel again. Uh, that is something uh, my family and I enjoy doing. I've, uh, prior to the pandemic, I actually started mm-hmm. uh, learning French uh, via oh, wow. Duolingo. So, and I've mm-hmm. been sticking with that on a daily uh, ha- habit of, of doing that so that's been one of my my hobbies i um enjoy relaxing with the uh, games uh and uh, i'm also uh, enjoy visual arts um mm-hmm. uh, my day job is uh, I'm, I'm an artist so oh wow uh, so you you've like got all all the creative boxes going hey you're ticking them all um is there like a favorite place that you've traveled or doesn't have to be the place. Is there like a really nice memory associated with it? Because if you say, you know, you and your family, because going traveling with your family, I think is something that is so special and so amazing. Like I love solo travel, me personally, but nothing beats going somewhere with your family and just having an amazing time. And if it's a beautiful place, even better, yes. you know? Uh, let's see. Was it, I'm trying to remember the year. I think it was 2012. It, it took the family mm-hmm. to Costa Rica and it was the first oh, wow. time uh, overseas for, for us or, uh, uh, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful country. And, uh, the, the people were so friendly. The food was amazing. Just uh, being able to, uh, see the, uh, all the wildlife, uh, and, and the rainforest there, uh, my girls went zip lining for the first time oh, wow. and oh, what a place they, to go zip lining for the first time. And, uh, it, it was it was a, a wonderful experience and a place we would like to go back to. Mm-hmm. Is that somewhere that when everything is, you know, it's like when the world opens up again is the new when we win the lottery, you know. Um, but when the world opens up again, I imagine that's a place that you'll be wanting to try and get to. You know, uh, or, yes. or is there somewhere else that you're desperate to try and get to when everything uh, when everything eventually? Uh, we, we also would down? like to to try uh, to visit Europe. 
um, mm -hmm. uh, and the UK. Um, uh, my eldest daughter is was wanting to plan her a, a trip to to England. Um, that has been put on hold yeah. indefinitely. So uh, hopefully soon, though. Hopefully, yeah, soon. soon. I know it's all it's all soon. It's all ifs and whens, but. I think if you just focus on the long-term goals, it, it'll become worth it. And, you know, I, I'm i the same. I'm desperate to get out and get traveling again. Um, I used to travel a lot for work. So being being stuck at home, even though I work from home all the time, being stuck at home and not doing any traveling, I'm kind of a bit antsy. I'm like, oh, we've got to go. We've got to go. Um, so you said about games. What kind of games are they? Board games? Video games? I play uh, video games periodically. Yeah. Um, I whether it's uh, small indie games or um, your 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 larger AAA titles, um, it's it's just a, a nice way to unwind um, in in the evening. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I always have have fun with that. Do you have a favorite? Ooh, As, I know it's like it's like saying, "What's your favorite game?" or like, "What's your favorite movie?" Like, yes. you're like. How long do you have? I need to sit and think about it, and I need to write this list and you know weigh the pros and cons. Some of the games I've I've played the most uh, I, I uh, are are some very small independent games. I, mm -hmm. I put a uh, uh, ungodly amount of time into a game called FTL, mm -hmm. which is a, a very uh, small um, uh, independent uh, space simulation game uh and uh it's just really brilliantly designed uh very replayable and uh, uh i played it and played it played it and i finally said okay i think i played <laughs> i think i need to move on to something else <laughs> yeah but, it, but it's one of those games that, that i can come back to and just just always enjoy so yeah i think that i think that's i think that's what that's what's great about video games or movies or you know any any form of writing or something that you really enjoy you can always just go back to it you know i think the video games are particularly interesting especially you know a lot of games will tend to have different endings or you can play things in a different way and you know i think that that's something that i personally enjoy i work in video games i work in gaming so like it's something that is uh is really really something that i love about it as well every every game and indie games indie games are amazing you know, a lot of the time they never get enough credit for what they are. And normally the art styles can be beautiful. And just because they're not these massive titles, people tend to not think about them as much. But they're great. They're great yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we will round it out here with a question of where can listeners find more about you? Plug your work. Tell us about your socials. All that Throw all the information. Let people be able to read more. Well, probably the easiest way to find my work is I, I list it all on my website, jjlaughlin.com. Mm -hmm. That's j-j-l-o-f-f-l-i-n.com. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I list all my publications. Um, uh, uh, try to kind of give a highlight of some, some selected pub, uh, publications that I'm particularly proud of, and but also... Uh, uh, I have a page of just just everything that, that's that's come out, so that's easily the the sort of the one one shop stopping. I'm active on Twitter as JJ Laughlin as well, um, and so if you see me, say hi. Uh, uh, 
love to interact with uh, readers. And uh, Twitter is a great place for, for writers to um, support each other and uh, discover new, new works. And uh, it's, it's been a very welcoming community uh, on t- um, Twitter. Um, I know social media can be toxic. Uh, yeah. But I, I try to, uh, you know, make sure you follow positive people, surround myself with, with positive uh, uh, energy uh, and, you know, it kind of takes care of itself. You, you can avoid the uh, the drama if you want. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, do you have anything coming out that you would like to plug? Anything anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you'd like to plug? I learn? have some new pieces, two new flash fiction pieces coming out at Moon City Review. And they, I believe, are coming out next month um, mm-hmm. in time for the AWP conference in Philadelphia. That's the Association of Writers and Writing Programs for anyone in uh, the U.S. who might be around the Pennsylvania area, Philadelphia area. Uh, it's, it's a great place to connect with writers. Um, it, it rotates from city to city every year. Um uh, and I think that's the only thing in the immediate term that, that I have I have coming out. So hopefully well, amazing. more to come yeah. later this year. For sure. I I don't doubt that there won't be uh there won't be there will be so much that we'll see from you. We'll see, see so much. But thank you so much for chatting with me today. It has been so lovely. Um and guys, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to, to talk with you and talk writing and, and uh, I just um, love the opportunity to, to have my work out there. Amazing. Well, thank you very much.